The Getting to Know Matt Dinnerman edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times. That's right. Turn 5 into 500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I've got my Cuban yes, link on. Cuban B. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oak. I got ice all over my body looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you. I guys, I switched it up to Paul Wall because uh, I figured out that he is the world's greatest like uh, featuring artist. Like uh, someone featuring Paul Wall, he just comes in, he crushes it on his own. Maybe doesn't stand. Um, something disturbing happened to me today, folks. Uh, my wife got my daughter a Tamagotchi, one of those old like pocket pet things. Um, and I don't want to incriminate my daughter for the level of neglect that this thing was uh, put through. Uh, yeah, it it dead. That Tamagotchi is is dead. Uh, and like it's so dead that it's like angry. It just keeps beeping. I thought like a carbon monoxide detector was going off or something. So as I do this, I have like an Edgar Allan Poe Telltale Heart Tamagotchi in my garage because I couldn't stand the constant beeping noise. Enough with that tragedy. Let's talk about some great news, which is Oakland Park has announced they have a new track announcer, and I'm lucky enough to have that gentleman with me you might know him from his time calling races at emerald park and golden gate fields uh or from riding outlets like the daily racing forum blood horse the san diego tribune and the washington times and if you don't know matt yet you just better become familiar because he was recently announced the new track announcer welcome to the show matt dinnerman yay how's it going matt chase good to be with you my friend it's wonderful everything's going great and i am really looking forward to spending my winters in arkansas it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. You're gonna experience a, a wide variety of climates uh, in the in the time that you're there. Um, I'll go ahead and I, I'll uh, open the the interview with the the questions uh, that I get from uh, my my uh, goober friends. I don't know a better word to call them than goobers right now. Uh, so my friend Josh Rodriguez uh, from On the Wrong Lead, uh, ask him if he's bringing the red light to Oakland. Will the red light be traveling with you from the Northwest? The red light will not be traveling with me uh, to uh, Oaklawn Park. The red light is going to stay at Golden Gate, where for the rest of the time that Golden Gate is in play for the horse players and the fans, whoever is after me will be able to announce that special red light. So they get their turn to enjoy the red light. And that is one thing that I will miss. Not just the great weather from California, not just the great people here, 
but the red light. Oh, yeah. Because when that red light goes off, it means something's about to go down. Yeah. Uh, it means there's some crucial stuff that's coming up in the next two and a half to three minutes. You know, and this is the question that they gave me for, for Jason Barkley. And this one was so good that I've vowed to ask every single one of my guests that I'm interviewing. Uh, would you rather fight one horse-sized squirrel or 100 squirrel-sized horses? 100. Wait, say that again. I, I <laughs> would, would you rather fight one okay. horse-sized squirrel, so one squirrel size of a horse, or 100 horses the size of a squirrel? Very tiny. I would say a hundred horses uh, as the size of a squirrel, because first of all, a big squirrel that's as big as a horse, no shot. If I've got a hundred little mini horses, yeah, and I've been around horses, like I can feed them carrots, I can feed them peppermints, I can work yeah. my magic, and they all can hopefully behave, but. If you've got a squirrel the size of a horse, forget it. I will get my head chewed off, probably. I, I consider this like my show Wonderlick test. That is the correct answer. Like, uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, if you had one, hell, if they had two, like, I'd be con- worried that they would take over, like, the government. Like, I, I think that they would win against the, the current military technology that we have. Um, they would keep our heads were acorns and forget it. It would be over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you seen a squirrel, like, jump? places jeez oh yeah oh yeah oh, they're they're man. as athletic as any animal out there including horses when they go up those trees uh speaking of athleticism good time to remind everyone it's uh october and we are celebrating the month of poppin locktober all october long Enough of that. Let's talk about Mr. Matt Dennerman. So you're, you're a Southern California kid, grew up near Del Mar in the San Diego area. Were you one of these kids that was, you know, always at the track? Yes and no. I mean, I, I didn't go to the track until probably 10 or 11 years old. And it was quite simple. My dad, he really got involved more so in horse racing. He, I'm a first generation uh, thoroughbred industry employee. But my dad, yes, he he was a sports guy. He followed a lot of different sports. He's a big sports fanatic, and he followed racing over the years. But he didn't really start going to thoroughbred racetracks often, very, very, very often, until Delmar came around when my mom and dad moved to San Diego when she was pregnant with me, which would have been in the middle of 1992, and he started going to Delmar. So... Um, he would go often. I was born in 92. The first 10, 11 years of my life, I didn't really go to the racetrack. And my mom's not a racetrack person. She, she goes to the races a couple times a year. Um, so when I was about 10 or 11, my mom and dad, something happened. The babysitter couldn't come. And they said, what are we going to do? And my dad said, well, I, I'll take them to the track. Let's go. And my mom said, okay. So my mom went and did her thing with her friends and my dad took me to the track and I was enamored right away with just the pageantry and the horses and the athletes, whether it be the horses or the jockeys and the fanfare. And they were coming down the stretch and the noise and the excitement when they hit the finish line and the announcer. And I fell in love. I was hooked. So and you even tried your hand working on the backside. I, I think I read that you uh, worked with John Sadler for a, a little bit. Uh, was 
working on the backside being like a, a trainer, something that you were uh, you were interested in doing? There was a short period of time where I said being a trainer would be really neat. And it is neat, especially if you have a lot of success. It's very neat. But as I worked on the backstretch, I learned a lot of things, including, for example, how a horse gets ready for a race and that more than just the trainer. It's a huge team effort. And a lot of times the public does not see that. And they don't see the amount of hours and time and dedication it takes to get horses into a race, never mind whether they win or not, just to get them there. It's an incredible accomplishment for all the people that work with the horses and the horse themselves. Um, but it's, it's a hard lifestyle. I mean, you don't get days off it's seven days a week. Uh, you don't get a lot of vacation time. You don't get any vacation time unless you're lucky enough to have good help and you take it. Uh, so when I sort of found that that was how the lifestyle was going to be, I pivoted because as much as I love horses and I'm, as much as I love racing, I do like to have a day or two to take some time and, and, I, I'm pretty balanced in terms of my lifestyle and things I like to do. I don't like to be centered on one thing. So um, training was definitely something I was interested in. I thought it'd be a really cool job. And I, I still think it's a very cool job. Um, but as I got older, I decided what, what other avenues can I look into? And I found obviously one that I was really interested in. I feel like uh, the, the job that I was made for on the backside was I think every barn sh- a, a drunk old codger like who carries like a ceramic jar of whiskey with overalls and no shirt like i think that i could slide into that and if anyone has that opening please contact me find me on twitter or uh i'll, I'll add that for my things i'm searching for on linkedin you can have your yeah. rocking chair and just hang out and yeah and... yeah yeah good day for whitlin that sort of thing you know <laughs> uh so it seems like there's a little bit of like a, a I'll say a youth mo- movement, I guess, with track announcers lately. You, you're seeing a lot of people getting kind of steps up in, in well, not say class, but, you know, uh, in terms of like how, how closely followed their, their meets might be. Uh, Oakland, a big deal. And you're a young man, uh, Jess Paquette. She's also uh, what you would call a spring chicken. Um, I mean, Jason Beam, not necessarily that old. Pete Aiello is not really necessarily that old either. Uh, and it seems like there's a lot of new faces coming in. Like, what do you think really uh, comes together to make that happen? Why do you think that this is the time that we're kind of starting to see this shift? I would say because social media is a big part of it. And I think it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to be accessible um, and that includes the announcers. I mean, when social media wasn't around and yeah, you, you, the announcers were accessible, but it's obviously now very easy to contact announcers and ask them questions and, and be able to interact with them. Uh, then it, it, it's easier now than ever. So I think the thing is, if, if you're interested in doing something like this, being a, a track announcer, there are more resources, I think, that are easily available to not only people in the industry, but people that maybe are a little intimidated because they don't have family in the industry sure. or they don't know people. And I think uh, being a track announcer, it's an art. It takes a lot of time to get good at it. It takes dedication like anything else. You got to be willing to travel. You got to be willing to go to a track that you would have never imagined being at. And I have a dream job now. At Golden Gate, I had a dream job at Emerald. I'm having a dream, dream job at Oaklawn. I would have never imagined to ever be at Oaklawn or Emerald Downs for that matter or Golden Gate. So 
Uh, you got to be willing to travel. Uh, but I do think it, it's a fun job. It's a rewarding job. It's a challenge. There are a lot of perks to being a track announcer. You get to watch all the races. You get to meet a lot of great people. And I think now more than ever, there are resources for these folks to be able to use and chat with people and make connections to where if that's a dream of theirs, they can make it come true. We're going to get more into uh, Matt's history with uh, Emerald Downs, including we're going to talk about his, his first ever race call, his audition call at Emerald Downs. Uh, but first, we got to talk about our good friends at game time. Have you ever been stressed out trying to find last-minute tickets? Oh, man, the, the Major League Baseball playoffs are coming up. Imagine being a procrastinating Orioles fan right now. Probably not a good outlook for getting tickets, but you can find them on game time. Buying tickets doesn't have to be stressful. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. Listen, there's all sorts of things going on right now. We got football. We've got baseball. We've got Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey. I'm talking cats and dogs sleeping together, folks. But you don't have to stress with game time because this is the place for last-minute ticket deals. So forget planning months in advance. Get in on these exclusive flash deals. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first time purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're brought to you by the good nerds at Hall of Fame Bets. We want you to win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets. It's a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. You can research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet. Who knows? Uzbeki table tennis? They might have that too. You can look at historical stats and data. You can even enter any parlay ID into Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer to get hit rates broken down by leg. So stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app. Visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Ooh, time for a rehydration interlude. Yo, I just bought a dinosaur like Nicolas Cage. Uh, hey, what happened? Hey, what's going on? There we go. So, Matt, as I mentioned, we were talking about Emerald Downs. Uh, I guess the first thing about Emerald Downs is, uh, does any other track in America have better music? I, I'm of the opinion that the music in Emerald Downs just be just absolutely lapsed. They were they were pretty spot on with their their hits. Let me tell you. I mean, I'd be sitting in the booth with my headphones on and listening to that music in between races, just because. I mean, what's going to get you more pumped up than a good tune, right? Yeah, I, man. They, they, and no offense to the other racetrack, but Emerald puts a very high bar up there when it comes to their music. There's only so many times I can be welcomed to the Hotel California before post time uh it seems like that's what you what you get but let's uh, let's talk about your first live call which happens to be your audition at emerald downs where i believe you were uh 23 22 24 somewhere in that range yeah 22 and i had not graduated college i still had a, a week or two more to go before i graduated my class now what did you major in when you were in school were you someone who was in broadcast uh that sort of uh that sort of thing I majored in communication studies at a school called Chapman University, which is in Orange, California, which is probably 
at most 10 minutes from Anaheim. Yeah. I, I like that you and most uh, SEC D-backs all had the same major. Uh, communications, baby. That's it. Um, so what do you remember about, like, the, the moment before? Like, is this like a Eminem lose yourself, like, about to have a rap battle sort of moment for you? Like, are you just terrified because, you know, this, this is your first call, it's your audition? Like, I – I can't imagine being in that situation without needing like a Xanax and an emotional support animal. What was it like for you? So the horses are going to the gate and I look at my hands and I've got the binoculars in them and they're shaking. They're shaking and I'm, I'm shaking because there's obviously a lot of pressure, but more so than just trying to get this job. Actually, when I was calling the race, or before I called the race, and even after I called the race for a little while, I didn't have any expectations of getting that job. I just figured they were sending me up there to give this young kid a shot, call a race on a microphone, and, you know, they're going to hire somebody who's more experienced, and thank you very much, and we'll send your tapes to some other folks if they're interested, and you now have a tape you can send from a live race call as opposed to the ones on the roof that I was practicing where I just take my phone and call races so it wasn't the pressure wasn't to get a job but the race was going to be shown on then tvg now it's called FanDuel tv on the main channel so everybody was going to see it everybody was paying attention that knew me everybody that worked with me in the past and that i worked for and with and around everybody was paying attention because they knew i wanted to be a racetrack announcer and most people had never heard me calling so i really felt the pressure because if I mess this up, if I screw this up, if I don't give a good call, if I choke, then everybody's going to remember that. And that's not a good first impression. (laughs) So with that in mind, I was absolutely terrified. I say when the gate opened, it was like a roller coaster where you don't want to go on the roller coaster, but your friends make you. You, I, I shouldn't even say that you don't want to. It's that you're not, you don't feel that you're ready for it. Yeah. And as soon as the roller coaster takes off, you can't jump off, you can't get off. You're yeah. in it and deal with it. And it was like the gate open and I just went into absolute mode of focusing on the race and just talking, just, just talk, just keep talking, just say what you know is going on in the race. And it was like an out of body experience the first half mile or so where it was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. And then about the halfway stage, I, I, I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm halfway there and I haven't, I haven't collapsed on the floor yet. So <laughs> that's a good thing. And, and the race was actually very difficult to call because there were horses making moves and, and jockeys were making early moves and there was scrimmaging for position. But I called the race and I remember taking off the headset and I didn't remember a single word I said. And I ran outside the door and Robert Geller, who was the announcer there, and he's a very dear friend of mine, he was sitting on a couch outside of the booth because there was a patio there and he was sipping some tea. And I said, Robert, did I call the wrong horse? I thought maybe I called the wrong horse winning. And and he said, what are you talking about? You did great. Do it again. Because I had a second one to call. And that was when all those everything just it felt like a giant weight was off my shoulders and and, uh, it was pretty unbelievable i i think i would have had the the reaction of even if i'd done a good job there would have been something that i didn't do right that like i would have been fixated on that 
you know, when people tell you you did a good job, you're like, yeah, but uh, I messed this up. I also have a very low opinion of myself. Um, from there, you made the jump to NorCal, Golden Gate Fields, like we talked about, which is, of course, synthetic main track. Uh, synthetic hot topic since the Travers, of course. Uh, what do you think of synthetic as a racing surface? Anything more tracks would maybe benefit by putting in the either the potpourri chips or the the chopped up playground tires? Well, the thing about synthetic surfaces is I I think the numbers speak for themselves. They are it's a very safe surface. Um, I I think that with the synthetics, the racing's a lot like the turf. I know that when it comes to um, horses and, and the way they go over the synthetic, um, from what I gather there are times where maybe people say there are a lot of soft tissue injuries, um, horses that are maybe a little bit sore and behind, but I've also spoken to a lot of trainers that train on both surfaces that don't believe that. Um, so they think that either way you're going to have those things. I, I, I think it's great to have dirt and turf racing and synthetic racing. I, I think that what Gulfstream did is, is really interesting. I think it's innovative and I think it's something that other tracks need to consider like New York is considering it. Um, and I I'm thinking that if we can have sort of all three coexist, that'd be a, a really good option. I think for not only racing, but for the people that take care of the horses and, trying to figure out not only what is safest for particular horses or, or what may be best for particular horses. Some horses are better training on synthetic. It's easier on them. Uh, we saw that with shared belief. And I think that gives horsemen more options to sort of beat around the bush and say, okay, depending on what horses I have and what I think is best for the individual, what kind of surface do we train them over? What kind of surface do we run them over? I think that's actually going to help racing down the line. You know what my only fear would be is that my uh, one of my favorite angles, the horse running on any other surface first time after all weather, uh, might might just be extinct. And it is up there with my, my top 10 uh, dirty little pig boy angles. Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> He's a weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on. Little big boy. It's hard. It's hard to say goodbye uh, to to your money makers. Uh, word from our fin- friends, real quick. Underdog Fantasy, our dear friends. They've been with us for so long. You should show them some love because they've got a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. That's right. When you talk about your football team, you say we. No one has to look at you like an asshole. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100 times payout. From now until October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of first deposits up to $500. And they still have their $100,000 Sundays. Continues on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players each get $10,000. Here, I'll give you a spicy play. I'll tell you what. Brian Robinson tonight for the for the uh, Commanders. He's going to run all over whoever they're playing. You know what? I don't have to remember because they don't deserve the respect because the respect, they're going to get ran all over. Uh, so watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. Once again, 
hydration break. I gotta gotta get the saliva back after those those ad reads. Scrambling, gambling, I must rock with mandolins and violins. We just sitting here trying to win, trying not to sin. How if we not gin? You don't have to tell us what's in the cup. Don't worry. Oh, it's uh, it's one hundred percent just uh, it's a uh, pure grain alcohol. It's I found that that's the best way. It it really cleans my insides. Um, so now you've landed at Oakland Park. I mean, it's a big time gig. You're about to occupy a booth that once housed Miramati, Terry Wallace. Terry Wallace was there for thirty seven years. Pete Iello, uh, Vic Stoffer. Uh, say what you want to about him. The man has some of the most historic calls in horse racing to his credit. The closer at Hollywood Park, and the the damn earthquake race. Are you, you want to talk about having like a scripted out call for a very historic moment mixed with like complete improvisation because the earth is shaking beneath you? That's an impressive gig. Uh, see, for me heading into it, uh, I'd be having like the big time imposter syndrome before I started. It's like, oh man, just like they're gonna figure out that I don't, I don't fit here. Have you had time to to reflect on who all you're following? Does is it something you're trying not to think about? No pressure. I'm not trying to psych you out, Matt. Here, here's the thing. What's interesting is when I went to Emerald Downs, a lot of people don't know this. Robert Geller, um, Robert Geller, who is – it's amazing how many text messages I get when I'm doing something. And then when I'm not doing anything, I don't get messages from anybody. My apologies. I don't know if you could hear that. Anyway, um, Robert Geller was at Emerald Downs for – almost 20 years and he was seen as a legend there and when he left he gave me the advice don't don't listen to this filling shoes stuff you come with your own shoes and you do your thing and if people will love you they will love you for who you are and your style and how you are because if you try to be me or you try to be somebody else it's never going to work because you're not somebody else Golden Gate was the same way because you look at a list of announcers that were there. It's an incredible list of broadcasters. Larry Colmes, Trevor Denman, Vic Stoffer was there for a while. Paul Allen, he calls Canterbury, but now he calls the Minnesota Vikings. So I've gone into positions where you say, wow, there have been a lot of big-time announcers here that have been in this booth. And what I've come to learn is exactly what I learned at Emerald, which is a, Oakland has some of the most talented announcers out there. They've had the most, some of the most talented announcers out there, as they should, because it's a top venue. But the best thing you can do going into a new place is just be yourself. But in order to do that, you have to have confidence in your ability and yourself. So without being cocky but being confident, you go in knowing, hey, whether I'm calling a 12-horse $4,000 claimer or whether I'm calling a 12-horse grade one, it's still a 12 horse field. There's still preparation to be done. You trust your process, you do it, you be yourself. And if you're genuine and you're confident in your abilities, then people will like it. And there may be some people that like somebody else more and their style more, and that's okay. And you learn to accept that that's just part of the process. When you're in a job that involves work being released to the public and shown to the public in your job constantly, all you do is something that everybody can critique you learn that you're not going to satisfy 100% of the people and that's okay and it's healthy to understand that that's the case so coming to Oakland Park it feels like an honor to be there and it is an honor and I'm just going to do the best I can with my line of work and how I do things and I'm confident that if I do 
uh, a good chunk of people will enjoy it and hopefully they do. And obviously my job first and foremost is hospitality and celebrating winners and being accurate and making the experience better for the viewers, the listeners, everybody. And so that's what I'm going to try to do ultimately. Uh, see, when I go into things, I actually go in way too overconfident. Like I think far too highly of myself and I just have to knock myself down several pegs uh, to, to work, you know, my actual level. <laughs> Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we talked about this, you know, before we started. Um, how I, you know, I listening to some of your calls, I can't really like pin uh, anyone that you're that you're like, and it's kind of you kind of address that, but it makes me wonder, like, who are your your influences, or who do you think maybe influence you on on how you call a race? Is there anything that you feel like? Uh, you know, you heard from when a kid that you're able to fall back on, not necessarily as a verbal crutch, but just as, as something that's just fits the moment. Uh, you know, who, who are the idols? The first person is Trevor Denman. Trevor Denman, I worked in the press box at Del Mar for a couple of summers. And with that, I would bring Trevor his things, his racing form, his program. And I got to know him. And I practiced in the press box. There are these booths, these empty rooms. So I would go in one of them and I'd have my binoculars and I'd have my phone, which had the voice memo recordings. And I would record my calls. And I showed him a couple calls. And I was absolutely scared to death to show him calls. And I was going through all these calls and I was picking flaws about everyone. And I finally found a couple that were good enough to me. And he really enjoyed the call. And he said, this is really really good and it, it was like michael jackson uh, telling someone that they're good at singing or michael jordan saying that you hey you're good at basketball like that's what it felt like um and i came to really really look at trevor as somebody who i could go to for mentorship advice and not only hey how do you call this race but things that announcers have to deal with such as what, what kind of pay do announcers get? How, how do I negotiate pay? Um, how, how do I deal with manage, managing the management and dealing with management teams and, and what are they going to expect of me and asking all these different things about the business? It's more than just how you call a race because uh, when it comes to calling a race, one thing that's difficult about it is you can go to any school you want if there's a school for announcing, but it's a trial by error process and a lot of things that work for you may not work for somebody else and vice versa. So you, there's plenty of teaching yourself how to find your own style. Uh, so Trevor was one of my mentors and still is. And so is Robert Geller, who we're very close now. Robert Geller, of course, at Woodbine. And he was at Emerald Downs before I went in there. And he went to Woodbine. I went to Emerald. Um, and we have been very close. And I've asked him all sorts of questions. And I actually... Uh, was mentored by him during this whole process at Oakland. I was asking him questions about some things. So um, Robert Geller and Trevor are probably the top two folks that have mentored me. And both of them very much have the ideology of you let the race tell you what it needs. Um, you don't force it. Don't try to force it. I, I'm Some people script and they're very good at it. I don't script just because it doesn't work for me. I've tried scripting, again, that trial by error process. And I didn't think it sounded very good. So I went back to exactly what Trevor and Robert 
uh, taught me, which is you watch the race, understand it. You know how to watch a race. You know what's going on. Let the race tell you what it needs and then give it to the public. And that's sort of the strategy that that's my uh, ideology when it comes to calling races. And it's worked wonderfully. And, and these two, Trevor and Robert, both very dear friends. You know, you're being, uh, you know, kind of mentored by by Trevor Denman makes me think uh, in 21, I went to the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar to film some stuff with ABR. And this was the they were like, what do you want to film while you're out there? And this is the first thing that I would suggest. It was uh, dismissed swiftly, uh, which was I wanted to have Larry Colmas put me through a, you know, calling a race training montage. Uh, you know, like old school, like karate kid, blood sport sort of sort of montage that even ended with a uh, like Rocky three Apollo and Rocky embrace <laughs> in, in the surf. Uh, yes, that did not make it much past. They're like, I can't believe you thought that thing and then just moved on. Um, you know, you said you don't like to script anything, but I really feel like you could make just a, a killer start in Arkansas with a, a, a killer new catchphrase. Uh, I'm not sure if you've been working on some. I've got a couple suggestions if you'd like to hear them. Okay. Uh, game. Lead from gate pop to clock stop. I don't even know if I would remember to say it correctly. It's, I mean, I spit hot fire when I rhyme, Matt. Okay, um, there you go. You have a talent that I don't when it comes to the rhyming game here, Chase. Have you ever considered rapping? I've My mixtape is perpetually <laughs> dropping next month. It's always... Oh. You know, there are delays. There's illegal, you know, things like that. Um, okay. Got to pay people's bail. Um, when a Philly beats the boys, you could say, she won't be asking any of you gentlemen to the Sadie Hawkins dance, because that's like a thing here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I right. Could tell, I could tell by your reaction that was not a favorite. Uh, closes <laughs> the gap faster than an Invisalign. Ooh, I like that one. Stalking the lead like Kanye stalks Kim. Ooh. Little touchy. Problematic. Problematic. Little, little touchy. Uh, passing horses like a communion plate. Okay. Okay. I like it. I'm thinking that that's something we can use. Uh, and this one winds up from the razor back of the pack. Ooh. Oh, specifically for Oakland. That's the best one, Chase. That is the best. The Razorback handicap. I mean, we need... Okay, we need somebody this year. We need to find a horse that's a deep closer that can just run by everybody, and that's the line right there. Oh, and I don't, want, I don't like the script, like I said, but I might need to make an exception to that one. It'll be R-rated superstar at the age of, like, 15. Like, <laughs> just always coming in to crush my, my hopes and, and pick five tickets on, on that day. Um, what do you do when you're away from the track? I mean, you're a young guy. Does that mean you're an EDM, you're a Coachella guy? You, you know, are you? What's your, what's your thing, Matt? What are you into? Yeah, I'm definitely not a Coachella type of guy. Um, what I, I do different things. I have taken up golf the last eight nine months, and actually, after this interview, I am going golf. Believe it or not. Um, obviously, a lot of people take up golf. I just thought it was a really good thing to do because you get outside there's exercise obviously involved uh you get to meet a lot of really nice people it's a fun game i played baseball for 15 years so there's definitely that swing hitting a ball component to it um and there are a lot of people in racing and in business that golf so i thought it would be a good way to meet people and socialize and that type of deal so i enjoy golf 
Um, here, obviously, I won't get to do it in Arkansas, but I went to a lot of baseball games, uh, Oakland A's, San Francisco Giants. I like going to sporting events. So if there is football or I know it's a little ways away from Hot Springs, but maybe go to a, you know, Arkansas football game called University of Arkansas. Um, and I also love Netflix, like a lot of people. When I'm deciding, hey, I don't want to do too much today, I will sit, uh, have some hot chocolate on a cool day in the wintertime, and will very much indulge on Netflix and chill type of day stuff. I'll tell you what, I mean, you've got, I know it's not the big leagues, man, but also you've been watching the Oakland A's. Uh, we've got a double A, double A affiliate here. Oh, okay. They okay. were, when I was a when I was a kid, they were Cardinals, like from like like the '30s until turn of the century. Then they were the Angels, like we had Trout here, um, and then uh, I think we were now like a Mariners um, uh, uh, farm club. But um, yeah, it's a fun little fun little uh, you know fun little beer garden. It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, big question: Have you called the Hogs yet? Yeah. Are you ever going to call the hogs? There's no better way to ingratiate yourself to this population, sir. If I'm not going to make you do it right now, of course. If the I, spirit I, has to strike. If the opportunity presents itself, I guess, it, if it doesn't conflict with Oakland, why not? Yeah. Why my not? my wife is originally from Iowa. She has, to this day, not called the hogs and never will. Like I, The spirit almost got her once at a basketball game, uh, but... It's uh, it's something that irks me. Like I someday, before I I'm shuffled loose this mortal coil, I'm gonna get this woman to to call the hogs for me. Um, so you can resist, but I'm just saying, like it's it's like a secret handshake uh, for okay. all of our hearts. Well, I'm uh, all for trying to be a part of that culture over there in Arkansas. So calling the hogs, can you can you sort of uh go in depth of what calling the hogs is? Sure, it it's a. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a chant. Uh, key component of of which is is wooing. Uh, so it's a also spirit fingers. Uh, so it's a woo pig suey. You do it three times. On the third time, you say Razorbacks. Um, okay, we're doing that for sure. That's that. If that's the case, I will gladly call the hogs at some point. But I'm not going to do it here. We'll do it when I'm in Arkansas. And we can all do it together. It can be a giant kumbaya. How about that? I, I feel like you should be an adult and like fully, you know, understand your spirituality and have the spirit move you to it. So I, I'm with it. Now, I, I feel like this is going to let us know you at the, just the deepest level. I'm going to try some one word associations here. I'm going to give you a word or a couple words. You tell me the first word that pops into your head. Okay. UFO. Aliens. Swellsy. No clue what that even is. Travis Kelsey <laughs> and Taylor Swift. Oh, swell. Travis Kelsey. I was like, Kelsey? Hey, okay. The, the Swellsy, the, the merging of them as a celebrity couple. Okay. Uh, I was going to say Kansas City Chiefs, but that's three words. So football. Okay. Uh, cheap speed. There's a horse I'm thinking of. Trinneberg. Trinneberg. <laughs> you with the cheap speed in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we, we actually, I'm, I'm embarrassed for myself putting that in there. I would find that term derogatory. We say, uh, inexpensive velocity around here. Okay. Okay. That, that's a nice politically correct way of putting it, right? Billy Bob Thornton. Bad Santa. 
Last but not least, this is the most profound thing that's going to come from this. Matt Dinnerman. Sociable. I, I can't agree, can't argue. I can't argue. The, <laughs> right now, the man's leading the league in smiles per game right now. I got to say it. Um, now, last bit I have is help me help you out. What 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 have you heard about Arkansas? What do you want to know about Arkansas that I, as a lifelong resident, can, can help clear up uh, before you even make it? Well, what's really great is so many people have given me insight on Arkansas living. Um, and I actually went back and visited Oakland Park, Hot Springs, actually – was able to go around town a little bit. It was lovely. Um, and one thing that Arkansas did remind me of before I ask you any questions of, it reminded me of Washington state because Washington state, when I worked at Emerald Downs is very green, very naturey. And obviously I got that vibe from hot springs, which is very green, uh, very naturey, lots of hiking, obviously during the spring and summer, there is lake season. Um, and there's a lot of lake season activity in Washington state too. Obviously, there may be some wet weather along the way or some cool weather during some of my time during the January, February, December months of Oakland. But I'm really looking forward to indulging when the weather is good to go outside and enjoy that that nature living. Um, But one thing I would ask you about Arkansas is, are there a lot of sort of touristy areas? Is there a lot of places to eat and enjoy after the races? I'd imagine that would be the case, but I wanted to get your opinion on that. So there are good places in in Hot Springs. Uh, I think it's like, uh, was it, I want to say the Boathouse is the name of one. Um, There's a bunch of good little bars around. Uh, I mean, it is a little bit touristy. For me, usually, I mean, since I have, an hour drive back home to, to little rock. I usually kind of forego the afterlife and hot springs to, to opt for, for things that are, that are closer to the house. Um, but they're great food. There's great food in both places. Like Arkansas is a, or little rocks, a sneaky, uh, pizza city. Like you got a couple good okay, places. That do... And I Man, heard my... Deluca's is really good there. I have Deluca's a... is killer. Absolutely. Okay killer like that's that's what they that's the kind of pizza they were making at pompeii before the thing went up man like it's old school. <laughs> um music you can find pretty much any type of music especially if you come to to little rock there's also good music in uh in hot springs that the saint patrick's day big thing um they have the world's shortest saint patrick's day parade i i don't want to brag but like previous uh you know, parade hosts have been like uh, Machete himself, uh, Danny Trejo, um, oh, and, wow. <clears throat> and Cheech Marin, I believe, also. Really? also yeah. But, um, you know, there are things to do in Hot Springs. I, I'm not as local as most people, so I don't know all the, the super cool secret stuff by any means. But like, yeah, you know, just a mile up the road. I got I got plenty of suggestions. Are you going to come visit? I'm I'm. I'm sure that's a stupid question, but I need to ask, are you going to come visit me at some point? Well, so I feel it's important to set boundaries. Uh, I, I will not help you move. Uh, I will not <laughs> help you move a dead body, uh, but I will. <laughs> we'll come in. I'll come down a, a few times. Uh, I, I'm Beautiful. Beautiful. Friend, friends with some folks who, who own a couple uh, under uh, Diodoro. And, you know, I, I like just getting down there and walking around. My favorite days are the ones where there are absolutely uh, no one uh, in, in okay. attendance. Like, I just, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I start out start off with like a jazzy rapport with the lady at the at the window because you know I don't do the touch screen because I crave uh, human interaction. 
<laughs> I like that old school mentality. You know, I here's the thing too is sometimes Oakland A's don't have many people, as you probably are well aware if you know anything about baseball and the fan bases. And I enjoy going to the game and just you know there aren't that long lines for food. There's some space. I don't see a problem with it. And you know what? We need people on days where it's quieter. So we need people like you to come to the track when it's quiet. That's good. We used to, my mom's birthday always falls around the Super Bowl. And we used to always go uh, on Super Bowl Sunday before they had the sports book because, man, you want to talk about a just ghost town. Like you got to know all the other people intimately. Now at the sports book, it's a pretty hopping place, as you would imagine, on, on, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Man, Matt, thank you so much for joining me, man. I, I don't want to keep you from your golf game. I'm really excited for you to uh, to be, uh, you know, joining the team at Oakland. Plus, you got got a new Paddock reporter, uh, you know, uh, co-host with uh, Crystal Conning. I believe she's going to be on next Wednesday. Um, oh, wonderful. Uh, so that's, I mean, it's it's really nice to see, you know, younger folks. Of course, no slight to, to uh, Vic or, or Nancy or anything because I think, you know, Nancy, Nancy Holt, this is a damn treasure. Um, Nancy's awesome. And, and yeah. you know, I, I have to interject and just say that Nancy has been nothing but class since I've spoken to her a couple times on the phone. I can't wait to work with her. I can't wait to be a colleague of hers. Um, and I know Crystal's very excited. We spoke briefly uh, via Facebook. And I, I'm really excited to be branching out and working with some new folks obviously i'm very west coast based so the fact i'm going to get to meet a lot of people that are east coast midwest uh southern uh type of folks and and being able to expand the family that is horse racing being able to know more people i'm very very excited about i think that's one of the more exciting things about going somewhere new is being able to meet and work with new people and being able to have a good time. So there's one thing that I know Nancy, Crystal, and myself will be doing, and that's making sure that not only that we have a good time, but also most importantly, that the people who are tuning in, playing, watching Oakland are having a fun time and having a good experience. So, and I'm sure Crystal and Nancy would tell you the same thing. Oh yeah. I I, I like having Nancy around because I can use the hashtag, uh, hashtag Oakland Nancy boy. And uh, no one, no one ever gets it anytime uh, that I use it. Um, Including man. me. Yeah, there we go, Matt. Thank you for joining. This has been just absolutely awesome. Really looking forward to uh, hearing you starting in December. That's right. It's the it's the long haul season, man. It is it is grind time. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow I've got Andrew Andrew Champagne joining me to talk Keeneland Saturday. We're gonna attack that card with a hundred dollar budget. Give you our best bets on the card. That's it. Listen to Andrew. I'm a good friend of Andrew's. I know him very well. So he uh, did, I think for, he did one of the pre-shows for Travers day uh, with me. He'd done a podcast with my buddy who asked about the, uh, the uh, red light uh, called drinking <laughs> champagne. Cause Josh is cherry drank on Twitter and uh, you know, champagne of course. But um, you know, I, I'd only listened to him on that. Hadn't really like talked to him face to face. He's just a damn delight. He's an absolute delight. He's wonderful. Yeah, he's sharp and he does his homework and he puts all the hard work in to be successful as a handicapper. So lovely guy, somebody you want to listen to, someone you want to be associated with for sure. He's a good dude. And hopefully uh, you guys give out some winners, Chase and Andrew. So 
I'm going to be counting on that because I'll be watching Team Win this weekend. We, uh, I know I had whenever I did Travers Day, I definitely had Bolshoi Ballet. Uh, yeah. I don't need, I don't need to talk about Travers Day. I'm still, I'm still recovering. Matt, thank you for joining. We will hear y'all late winter, early spring, and you will catch us tomorrow with more Notorious OTV. Brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We'll see you then.